Hello and welcome to the Opera and Coffee podcast, episode two on rest. My name is Candace Shaughnessy and I am your host. And I have to just preface this podcast by saying I live in a really old building in northern Manhattan. I think it was built in 1929. And so I have have a really old radiator (laughs) that is literally right beside me right now. And it likes to just turn on and hiss. Those of you that live in in New York in an old building will understand what I'm going through. (laughs) And it's really loud. So if that just happens in the middle of the podcast, just smile and nod. And maybe I'll start over. I'm I'm just hoping I can get through a take of this without it kicking on. So we're going to hope. (laughs) We're going to hope. Because it's been kicking on and off all morning. Um, so today I wanted to talk about a subject that I actually find kind of touchy. Um, and the reason I find it touchy, you're going to find out through the duration of this podcast. I, (laughs) I struggle with rest myself and I'm getting better at it. I think just age helps because I'm now in my thirties and I've seen a bit and I've experienced a bit. Um, But I know in my 20s, this was a serious struggle for me. And I wanted to do a podcast to talk about how we can make this better um, in our community of performing artists. And I say performing artists, I may slip into saying musicians throughout my podcast. But please understand that this is for anybody who is a performing artist of any kind, dancer, actor, um, performance artist. I mean, you know, even in visual artists too, honestly, um, insert name here, <laughs> uh, whatever you do. Um, because I think that this is something that runs across all art forms. And it's something that I always tried to find more information about and get more perspective on. And I didn't really like what I found. So I, I've taken what I like and fused it with the reality of my experience, which I think is just the best way to do a podcast. So take what you will from this podcast that works for you and uh, whatever doesn't work, toss the rest out. I mean, that's life, right? That's what we do in the world with information. We're humans. It's how we function. Um, For those of you that are voice students of mine, you know that I'm very into defining things very, very granularly. Is that a word? I I make things very granular. I want you to have a very clear definition of things um, before moving forward and trying to use it in your language. Because I just think language is an extremely powerful thing. And we found that a lot, especially in our modern world, that language matters. So I want to define rest for you. Rest is when you are able to work or think, or or to not do work or think about work. Let me read that again. Rest is when you are able to not do any work or think about work for a specified period of time. Which means, friends, that procrastination does not fall under this umbrella. Procrastination is worrying about something that is on your list to do. And that is not 
in any way, shape or form rest. <laughs> if you're a procrastinator, you know what I mean? I will talk about procrastination and organization in a future podcast, but for right now, I'm just gonna, going to keep this very rest-centric. So when we're talking about rest, we're talking about a time period. Time period is, you'll find later, relevant to your situation, but it is, it is a time period where you are not working and you are not thinking about work. Something that I want to acknowledge now that I've defined rest, um, because I have to say this, this is something that drove me insane in my 20s, and I have to say it. Rest is a privilege. Rest is a privilege. <laughs> and the reason why I want to bring this up is because, especially when I was living in Pittsburgh in my 20s, and I was working a thousand jobs to pay my rent and eat and everything else, and they were all music related, but they were all horrifically underpaid jobs. And so I was working like 60 hour weeks and that didn't count how much I was driving to and from different things. I mean, it was not odd for me to wake up at five in the morning, substitute teach an entire day of school, drive to where my church job was, teach four voice and piano lessons, and then drive to a three or four hour rehearsal on the other side of the city. And also I worked weekends because I was a church musician I taught private lessons. This is when kids were free from school. So I had a pretty insane schedule. <laughs> and people would say to me, oh, you need to take a day of rest. You need to take a Sabbath. And what I felt like I could not get through to a lot of people who had a typical, you get paid every two weeks, work a day kind of job, which is most of the people in Pittsburgh, I could not get through to them that if I didn't work, I didn't get a bill paid. If I didn't work, I didn't have groceries for the week. Like a day off was detrimental. I remember hating snow days. Um, I loved the break, but I hated the fact that like I would literally calculate how much money I was losing from a snow day because I would have to cancel all of my lessons because I was at this church that was kind of in the middle of it wasn't totally out in the country, but it was enough out in the country. It was kind of treacherous to get up the hill to get there. Um, and that's where I taught my lessons. And so I would have to cancel my lessons. I would have to cancel. I wouldn't have my substitute teaching job. And a lot of times like rehearsals were canceled and it got really sticky a lot of times. So, and I would lose a lot of income if it was a really snowy month in the middle of winter. <clears throat> I'm not kidding. <laughs> So those of you that hear the word rest and you're a performing artist and you roll your eyes, you're like, yeah, I'd love to take a rest. What rest are you talking about? I have to pay my bills. I totally get it. I totally get it. <laughs> and that is why I tailored this podcast to you because everybody else gave me really terrible advice <laughs> for years and years and years. So I'm going to give you the best advice that I have understand that this does not cover a multitude of situations, but whatever situation you are in, I want you to take this information and see if it works for you. Okay. If you are a person who loves a performing artist, you just want to understand more about their life. <clears throat> a, I am glad you are listening to this podcast 
B, really listen to this next section because I'm going to explain why it is really hard for performing artists to rest. And the first reason is money. <clears throat> I don't think it is any secret that artists are underpaid. Um, there's an entire, this, this has come really, really deeply to light because of the COVID-19 crisis, but we are very, very underpaid, generally speaking. And because we are underpaid, and because if we don't work, we don't eat, you have to understand that taking a break for us is really detrimental, as I have said before. So um, I remember a time when I was in my 20s and uh, one of my, we used to go out to breakfast with a group of my mom's friends. And for reference, my mom is a respiratory therapist and she's in the medical field. And so her friends were all respiratory therapists. And one of them, <laughs> I said something about PTO. And I literally looked at her and I said, what's PTO? And she's like, paid time off. And I'm like, that's something I will never have. And she goes, oh, yes, you will. Friends, I've never had PTO. <laughs> I don't like I, that's not a thing in the performing arts, maybe in certain sections of the performing arts. And if you do have that, good for you. But it's a really, really rare occurrence. And if you do have it, it's not like it is in other fields. Um, so I just want to say, like, please understand if you are a person who loves pro a performing artist, PTO is not a thing for us. Um, if we don't work, we don't eat, period. End of conversation. Um, so that's the first reason that we have a really hard time resting. Another reason is guilt. Um, a lot of people assume that because we love what we do, uh, you know, we, we are able to do it 24 seven, uh, you know, and we 365 days a year and we just love it so much. And we live in this euphoria all the time. And that is just not the case. <laughs> sometimes art making is hard. Sometimes it's a slog. Um, sometimes you have to do a lot of gigs that just aren't very fulfilling. Um, I think that there is, a, there is an assumption by a lot of people that all music is created equal and we all want to perform everything and it's like a lovely, beautiful privilege. And sometimes it is, but I'll be realistic. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's really, you know, exhausting and disheartening to do your like 16th Messiah of the season. So I it's a lot of it is the guilt that's heaped on by other people. And especially when you're young, you are like, yeah, this is totally a privilege. And I do love what I do, but then you start to lie to yourself and then you don't rest because of it. Um, the third reason is kind of connected to guilt, but I know I totally had this when I was a young musician and that is proving yourself. You want to prove that this is like a legitimate line of work in the arts. By the way, it is. You don't have to legitimize it. Although, because of the way we are treated in the greater society, especially in the United States, it's a little bit different in Europe if you're a European friend. Um, because of the way you're treated in the United States, in general, we're not treated like we're, you know a legitimate member of society in that sense. And so because of that, we have a lot of prove it 
what I call the, the prove it complex. We have to prove ourselves. We have to prove that we are, you know, decent money making members of society. And so that comes into play with the whole rest situation. And also the last one is a little more general. And I think this runs across all aspects of American culture, especially American culture, I would say. <clears throat> we have this puritanical obsession with work here. And because of that, it's like, oh, if you're not working, you're lazy. There's this like fear of being lazy. And that's huge for musicians because when you're in school, it's basically like beat into you that you should be practicing like all the time. <laughs> and, and practice is this very strange, undefined thing as it is. So I would say that one of, that is another piece of this that society says, hey, you should be working all the time. You should be working. And if you're not working, then what else are you doing? Right? So you can find article upon article and podcast upon podcast and all sorts of stuff out there as to why rest is important. But I think the biggest reason rest is important is that it prevents burnout. And the reason why, and I know that everybody throws around the word burnout, but the reason why this is important is because you want to have longevity in your career. And I can't stress this enough. Um, your career is for a lifetime and you need to have a good relationship with your career. Not to say that there aren't going to be good days and bad days, just like any relationship in life, friendship, romantic relationship, whatever. But you have to be able to weather the storms of whatever you're going through with your career. And if you don't have a good relationship with your career, it will really, you'll really struggle, trust me. And then you'll go towards burnout. And a lot of people quit for that reason. Um, the hustle of being a performing artist is hard. It is hard. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. But at the same time of it being hard, you have more control than you think you do. And if you are careful about how much you output and how much you input and how much you rest and how much you work, you're going to have a lot more longevity and a longer career equals more money. And we like that. Um, another reason is you make better art if you rest. This is actually proven um, in many, many circles. Resting helps you create better art. You need a brain break in order to make good art. And I always like, I tell students this all the time. They'll be struggling through a song or they're struggling through, you know, an exercise or whatever. And I say, go sleep on it. Why? Because when you sleep, you repair yourself in your brain. And once your brain is prepared, it is really common for you to wake up the next day and be able to do that thing. Why? Because all the pieces dropped into place. This doesn't work all the time, but I'm sure you've all experienced this. You're struggling with something, struggling with something, struggling with something, and then all of a sudden the pieces fall into place and it makes sense. You need rest to make that happen. We are designed to rest. That's why we sleep. So keep that in mind. 
Um, and general mental health. Uh, if you don't rest, and I know this from personal experience, you can really struggle with your mental health. And it, you know, you can be very anxious, you can get very depressed, you can get very overwhelmed. And I just say to everyone, do this for you and for your future and for the longevity of your career. And I'm sure a lot of you are sitting there and saying, okay, Candace, you've made your case and you hear me because I'm a struggling artist who needs to work a lot to make money. But like, how do I rest if I've got to work these long, crazy weeks to make enough money to live? Well, you've come to the right place, my friend. <laughs> and uh, some of these are things also that like, I don't usually see <laughs> out there. Um, but the first one that I am going to tell you that I think is the one thing that will make your life so much easier is to get organized, get organized and create systems. <laughs> and the first time I heard create systems, by the way, I was like, what build a robot? That is totally not what I mean. <clears throat> when, when people say create systems and they're talking in terms of like business speak, they're talking about creating some sort of like assembly line. Like I used to work in a in the costume shop in college. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, when I worked in the costume shop, I'm going to take a drink of water here. When I worked in the costume shop, um, my boss always told me she would give me certain projects because she's like, I watch how you work and uh, you put everything into a little assembly line for yourself. And I've always done that actually, even as a kid, like if I had like something to get done, I would arrange it so that I had like part one, finish part one, part two, finish part two, part three, finish part three. Um, I am the person that in painting a room, I tape everything first, you know, or, uh, you know, I have like an order of how I do things. And I would say that's what a system is. Because a lot of times I'd listen to these podcasters and I'd be like, what are you talking about a system? Can you define system? And then I finally figured out what they meant. Um, especially like, I'll use another example with email. When emails come into my inbox, they go one of three places. They're deleted if, you know, it's useless junk. Um, two, I answer it right away if it's something simple. And three needs to be saved to be answered or dealt with later. Um, so those go into starred emails. I never have a bubble above my emails. That's just me. I know people function different ways. Um, I, I have many friends that have like 1000 emails in their inbox and I'm like, I can't do that. Um, <laughs> I'm just not built like that. If you're a person though, that has a system where that works. Awesome. I'm not going to tell you what systems to use, by the way, because everybody's different. Um, but get systems put together for yourself. So like another system that I use is uh, students that are not AMDA students, they sign up for, um, for their lessons through a link in my uh, email. I send them a weekly email and they sign up for their lessons through a link. Once I get that they're 
going to have a lesson the next week in my email, then I invoice them immediately. And then they have their lesson the next week and it's in my schedule and it's taken care of. Um, and in this case, in the case of the COVID times, I also send them like a Zoom link. Um, so that's what I do. That's just like how I've built a system so that I'm not going, oh my gosh, I have to schedule this person and oh my gosh, I got to do this and oh my gosh, I got to do that. It it eliminates a lot of that craziness in your brain. So that's that's my first one. Get organized and create a system. Um, <clears throat> two, designate a day or time where you don't touch electronic devices. This one's hard for me. Um, and I've even cut back way a lot on like my social media use. Um, we are all constantly connected now. This is a beautiful thing. Thank God we are during the COVID-19 crisis because that allows me to work from home. I'm not complaining. Um, however, we are connected all the time. And as much as that's a good thing, it can also be a difficult thing um, because you kind of are never off and that can be tough. Have one, even an hour every week where your phone is going to go under a pillow. It's going to go, you know, somewhere where you can't hear it or even somewhere where you can hear it, but you're just not going to pick it up for a little bit because it clears your brain out. Um, I, I've done a lot of research on the effects of social media and um, phone use and device use on creativity. And there's so much information out there, but we are inundated with information from our electronic devices more than any other time in history. I mean, we are just overloaded with information. And so do yourself a favor and have a time every week where you read an actual book or you actually watch a movie without checking your phone or a TV show or you take a nap or any of the above. And please, friends, do not feel guilty about this. The people that are texting you, they can wait. Um, the people that are emailing you, they can wait. You really don't have to answer emails right away. That's not what email was intended for. So if you answer it in 24 hours, cool. And if you forget, somebody will email you again. So don't worry about it. Um, also, again, I understand that this comes from a place of privilege. If you have like a sick relative that you have to keep your phone on for, please do that. But try to give yourself a little bit of time without the weird anxiety of like, oh my gosh, I have to check my phone every five minutes. Just cool it. You can have some five minute blocks to yourself, I promise. Um, another one that I definitely... Um, I'm getting better at, but uh, is a constant struggle is prioritizing sleep. Um, you are rebuilt in your mind through, through sleep. So prioritize sleep. Um, and also this last one is going to sound strange, but I feel like I had to include it. 
And that is to make music you don't have to make, but music that you want to make. And this is very important because I think a lot of times, and I know this was the case for me in my 20s, I was, ma- I was, <laughs> I was being the muse for everybody else, but I wasn't doing my own music at all. And that got very difficult. After a while, I was making the music everybody else wanted me to make, and I was not making the kind of music I wanted to make. I didn't even know what that was for a while because I was so bogged down in other people's expectations. Um, But I highly recommend that you take some time uh, to make music, or if you're a dancer, dance, or if you're an actor, find a monologue that speaks to you. It could be totally off type, too. That's fine. It's just for you. Um, But it will help you to stay motivated. And I think that's a big piece of it. Like, if you're burned out, you lose the first sign is that you lose motivation. And you have to find ways to stay inspired and motivated in this field to have any sort of longevity. So that's another thing that I would say. And one more thing I want to mention before uh, I leave all of you on this fine day, um, whatever day it would be in your universe, uh, today is Friday here, um, is incubation. Incubation is really an important thing for artists that I think is under un, way, way, way undervalued. Um, and when I say incubation, I mean... You have a time period in your art making where there aren't ideas or that you just don't have, like, you feel like you're beating against a brick wall trying to find something, Um, or you have really extreme writer's block, or you, you know, you just, (laughs) you're, it's, you're finding it hard to find repertoire to sing or whatever, whatever is going on there at the time. That, my friends, is normal. It's normal. We don't talk about it enough, but it's really, really normal to not feel inspired. It's really normal to have a moment of like serious block in creation. Um, And when that happens, it's probably a sign that you need to incubate for a little bit. Um, I have had this happen so many times in my career where I just needed to stop and step back for a little bit and kind of let everything settle in my brain. And this is not something that you can physically think or work your way through necessarily. Sometimes it is, but in my experience, a lot of times it's not. A lot of times you have to kind of just let the subconscious do its work. And in that case, let yourself have time like if you're working on an on a project where you have to like put out content every week like a podcast or you're trying to do monologues or you're trying to sing a different song every week or who knows whatever your project is especially in these covid times um and then all of a sudden you're just like I don't know what to do this week then let leave that week blank I promise nobody's going to chase after you um I think there's this thinking that we have, especially in the modern world of creating art on the internet, 
where we always have to put out consistent art all the time. Consistency is good. I'll talk about that in a later podcast that like consistency is the key to success. But you also sometimes just need, your brain needs time to compute and to do the work under the surface that you can't brain through or work through physically. And you have to allow that to happen. And I think that that in itself is a type of rest. I, I follow a podcaster who actually said that about every six months, he kind of goes into a hole and he doesn't produce anything. And the reason he does is because he's like, I just don't have any ideas. And then all of a sudden they start to swim back and I go, okay, I can make something now. Now this is a really established artist, by the way, that I'm speaking about. But I think that this kind of holds true in a mini format, even if you are doing the crazy 60 hour a week thing, which bless you if you're doing that online right now. But if you're doing that and you are working insane hours and you can only find maybe an hour a week to really rest and you are struggling with a little bit of burnout, but you don't have a choice because you're hustling and all of this stuff. If you are having a hard time creating your own stuff, let it incubate. It's fine. It's really fine. So that is my episode on rest, friends. I'm really glad that my radiator didn't kick on in the middle of this podcast. (laughs) So um, if you would like more information about me, my name is Candace Shaughnessy. You can visit www.candashaughnessy.com. And this podcast is the Opera and Coffee podcast. If you would like to follow me on Instagram where I am the most active, follow me at Opera and Coffee. No and. It's Opera and Coffee. On Opera and Coffee on Instagram. Sorry, I had to make a second recording because I got cut off. And so now you can hear my hissing radiator. It's great. Um or you can email me directly with any direct inquiries to candace.shaughnessy at gmail.com. And I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day and sing strong, my friends.